the beautiful presence of the Lord in the worship. Who really enjoyed that? Julie, when, when, when you hit it, you hit it, I tell you. Um, Julie is a beautiful worshipper. And I just love worshipping God with her. I love her when she takes us on those worship journeys where we don't know where we're going to go, but we're just going. And you can feel it. You can feel that we're tapped into something. And the something that we're tapped into when we worship God like that is the anointing. It is the anointing. Who felt the difference tonight? When something just shifted in the atmosphere and suddenly we weren't just singing songs anymore, but were actually lost in the very presence of the living God. Who felt that tonight? It's called the anointing. Amen. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the anointing tonight. And it ties in a lot with what Pastor Phil is teaching on at the moment. He's doing a series on um, louder than words, that our lives would be louder than words. And it's about character. It's about the character of Christ inside of us. And if you aren't here this morning, you need to get or listen to, uh, download, whatever you, however you can get a hold of that message, you need to get a hold of that so that you can just keep up with the series because it's... I nearly said to him, look, preach it again tonight. It was so good. Who enjoyed it? Who was here this morning? Oh, it was so good. I was just like... I love it. I can't wait for next week, Phil, to listen to the rest of them. It gets better. He's been, he's been, he's been, he's had this in his spirit for like months and telling me about it. And I've been so excited myself. But in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says this. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Tonight, when we entered into that place of worship, when the anointing fell in this place, there was liberty that came in this place. There was a sense of freedom. There was a sense that I'm going to worship God. I don't care. I was like weeping in the presence of God because I just so much, I so much want God to come into his church. And I so much want us to have the fullness of all that he is every time we meet together. And I'm so hungry for his presence and I'm so hungry for his anointing and it's never enough. Why is it never enough? Because out there, there are still broken, hurting people that are waiting for a people who will rise up in the anointing of God and come and deliver them in Jesus' name. Yesterday, uh, I went, took Gemma down to Newtown. It's her 15th birthday and she got money for her birthday so she wanted to go shopping in Newtown. Got great clothes shops down there, girl. And um, so we it was like 44 degree heat and uh, it was fun. And so you go into an air-conditioned shop, it's beautiful, you walk out, ugh, you know, it's just like... And I'm glad they had lots of mummy chairs in those shops where I could sit down while she tried a thousand clothes on. But we, I was with Jess and Gemma's little friend and we stopped in the middle of the day to go and have a cold drink and we had this beautiful watermelon and rose water drink. Oh, so beautiful. And we're sitting there sipping this. And right on the footpath, right in front of us, was this uh, beautiful Aboriginal woman who obviously had, had been a heroin addict or more than an alcoholic. She was pretty beat up. And she was really thin. And she had all these little things laid out on a little mat in front of her. It was some little you know, bird statues and other little things. Then she had a jar 
And in the jar, there was a crucifix in the jar with Jesus on the cross. And she had a little sign with a bucket that said, you know, please help me to get home and see my mum before she dies. God bless you and all that sort of stuff. And she was drawing and she, I think she was hoping to sell her drawings, but they were kind of just scribble. And uh, we were sitting there just, you know, looking at her. And, of course, Gemma was just overwhelmed uh, with compassion. We all were. Um, and love for this woman. And I'm sitting there watching her thinking, God, how, how can this happen? In How can this be in this country? How can this be? How can... What can, how can we help? What can we do? And I started to get really burdened for this woman and other people that were in the streets of Newtown. There were so many homeless people there. And um, anyway, we're just sitting there talking and, and um, this, this lady just comes and she taps Gemma on the shoulder. And she says, hey, love, I just need to go to the loo. Can you just watch my stuff? And Gemma goes, okay, you know, <laughs> what if someone takes something? What am I going to do, punch them? I don't know. And so it was just like a bunch of junk, really, but it was everything this woman had in her life. Do you know what I mean? These were her treasures. And so she was gone for ages. And we were really like, you know, especially Gemma's just going, what if somebody comes to chase them? What am I going to do? Like, I'm responsible for this lady's treasure. This is her whole life sitting here on this little mat. And, and um, anyway, we're just, so we, we're talking and, Gemma got the shock of her life because she snuck up behind Gemma and she said, hey, love, you know, one of those, you know, one of those voices. And, um, and she put two beautiful yellow flowers that she probably stolen from the florist down the road in front of Gemma on the table. And she said, thanks, love, for watching my stuff. I really appreciate it. And it just like that was honestly to Gemma, those two yellow flowers meant more to her than the clothes and the money and all the other stuff. It really, really moved her. That this woman, she had nothing to give. She had this stuff, but she wanted to give to us. And as we watched her a little longer, one guy came along and he knelt, you know, he got right down alongside of her and he had a $20 note just folded up and he just sort of snuck it to her. Because I suppose if other homeless people see people give her money, they would steal from her because she was very weak and thin. And she just, thanks, love, and she squashed it under the little mat. And then she said, anything that's here, you can have, you know, for that for that money. You can buy anything of my possessions you want. And he said, no, it's all right, love. I don't really want anything. And he had a motorbike helmet. And he got up to walk away and she said, well, you can have me. Please take me with you. Get me out of here. Like, and I'm just sitting there like, I'll take you home. I will. I promise. And um, so beautiful. And then she's sitting there a while longer. It's 44 degree heat. She's sitting on the concrete. And another guy comes along, and he was from up in a cafe up the road. He'd been watching, and he went and bought her a V drink. Why gave a V? Caffeine or dehydrate you like that? Anyway, but he, he, you know, give her a cold drink, and he came and said, here's a drink for you, love. And she's going, oh, thanks, love, you know. And then she's sitting there a while longer, and just we're about to leave. Another guy came with a custard tart. And, and I just thought, how wonderful is it? Aussies, and I was pleased, I was proud of Aussies that we haven't lost our touch. But, you know, it's one thing to give someone $20. It's another thing to give someone um, a drink. It's another thing to give someone something to eat. But that lady needed a whole bunch more than that. She needed the anointing. She needed freedom. You know what I mean? She needed someone to walk up to her as Jesus would have done when he walked the earth. 
She needed someone to walk up to her and say, Woman, silver and gold I have not, but get up in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is my heart for this season, for this year, is that, you know, and God, this is the heart of God. Because God puts his burdens in his ministers. Amen. And the heart of God right now is that we, again, would prepare ourselves to embrace the anointing. That we would, again, prepare these vessels as vessels of honor. That we would, again, be able to carry something. And I think that the anointing that he wants to pour out upon every single soul in his church community and of his Christian children the anointing that he wants to pour out right now is something we have never seen before because the world is in a state that it's never been in before and this world needs more than empty words and pretty churches they need deliverance they need deliverers in Jesus name Luke 4 18 to 19 Jesus stood up and said these words, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here I am, a minister of the living God, And I sat in a chair helpless because I myself did not have the anointing that this lady needed. Amen. And it really challenged me. I said, God, even in in worship tonight, I'm saying, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, God, that we might walk, not just with words, but in action. See, when Jesus said that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me, that same anointing that he had, he left for us in the form of the Holy Spirit, that we would do the works that he has done and greater works should we do through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Amen. I'm reading a book by Chris Harvey who came to our church last year and he gave us this book. Phil and Julie hope this book blesses you and I didn't read it. And, you know, God has a time for things. And I just saw this book on the shelf out of our hundreds of books and it stood out to me. Picked it up, started reading it and God really began to speak to me. Thank you, Chris, if you're listening to this message at some stage. Um, It's called Insights into the Anointing. And he says this, We see in Scripture that the Lord always responds to the cry of the oppressed by sending delivering power. To do this, we must prepare his messengers by empowering them with character, knowledge, and the anointing for the mission at hand. We see in Scripture, all the way through Scripture, all the way through Scripture, we see that God, when he hears the cries and the oppression of people, that he will raise up a deliverer to go and set his people free. But when Jesus Christ came, the ultimate deliverer, he then anointed us to go and be multitudes of deliverers. That's why he said, I must go away. That's why he said, 
I have to go away or the Holy Spirit will not come. Why did he say that we would do greater works than he would do? How much greater can you get than raising the dead? He didn't mean greater as in magnitude. He meant greater as in more. More people doing the same things that he did, not just Jesus and a few disciples, but Christians right across the earth walking in the anointing and doing what Jesus did. When I looked at the life of Moses, I see Moses and here is Moses and he's at the burning bush experience. He's at this place where God, like now, God is speaking to the churches across the earth and saying, this is the burning bush experience. I'm going to give you an anointing to go out and be my deliverers to a world that is oppressed and is crying. And Moses is standing there looking at this bush and the Lord says this in Exodus 3.7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I came down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and a spacious land flowing with milk and honey. That's what our cafe is, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I think it's a prophetic word that God is going to come and he's going to give us an anointing. But can you imagine what it's like for God if it nearly breaks my heart to see one woman You know, God sets you up. God sets you up. God set me up. And I could not get that woman out of my mind all day, all night, all day today. I keep seeing her face. It's just over and over again. I keep seeing her face. And her face is the reflection of a face that is right across this earth. Her cries are the cries that God hears. Her suffering is the suffering that people are suffering right across this earth. And it doesn't, they don't have to be a a heroin addict sitting in the streets of Newtown to be suffering. They could be a businessman that just is so without God that he is thinking of killing himself. It could be a young person. It could be an older person. There are people in every walk of life, in every age group of life, that desperately need God and they're looking for real people with a real message with an anointing and power to back it up in Jesus name they're looking for deliverers I mean in a nutshell in this scripture if we paraphrase it God is saying this, I have seen their affliction, I have heard their cries, I know their suffering, therefore I am sending you, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I've seen their affliction, I've heard their cries, I know their suffering, therefore I am sending you. To deliver them. God proceeded to empower Moses. He didn't just say to him, 
I've heard the cry of my people and I'm sending you to deliver them. But he gave him the tools of deliverance. Amen. He gave him everything that he would need for the mission. He gave him a rod of authority to work wonders. He gave him a right-hand man to help him. And he gave him all the grace that he needed for the assignment. What God didn't give to Moses was character. For character is something that can't be given to you. It is something that you have to develop. It's something that's developed in you. See, Moses was ready, even though he said, I am weak, I can't speak, I don't want to go, I don't know what to say, what will I say, who will I say send me, I don't know what to do, can you send him instead of me? And he was just like so humble and just so unready in himself. But God knew that Moses had had 40 years in the courts of Pharaoh as a prince and learnt how to walk there. And then he had had 40 years in the wilderness as a reject, amen, and as an outcast of society. And he'd learned how to walk there. And so when he would go to speak on God's behalf, he knew how to speak to a pharaoh and he knew how to speak to the oppressed. He went to the people to say that God had sent him as their deliverer. And because of his compassion, because of the things that had been worked into him in the wilderness, because of the character that was outworked in him, they believed him. And then he could stand before Pharaoh and not be afraid because he'd looked Pharaoh in the eye many a time as a child. And when he stood before Pharaoh... He knew that he had the rod, he had the anointing, and he had that God said. Amen? God said. Have you ever, have you ever seen anyone under the anointing and noticed that they seem to just shine? Even people change personality under the anointing. My shy husband that I married quiet, wouldn't talk to anyone, hid from people, hated crowds, has changed because the Holy Spirit of God said to him, I want you to pioneer a church. And he, like Moses, said, I can't do it. I'm shy. I can't speak. And God said to him, yes, but I will give you the Holy Spirit and the anointing. And my husband said to God, if you give me the Holy Spirit and the anointing and you do not take it from me, But every step that I take, he would be with me and the anointing would fill my mouth. Then I can do it, God. But never let your anointing leave me. Never let your Holy Spirit leave me. For without him, I am just a man. And that's like every one of us. We're just people. Amen. Have you ever ever been in the anointing yourself where you just feel like you're just coming alive inside? You just feel like in the anointing given tonight in the worship, you might have felt that you transitioned into a place where God was pouring into you and God was somehow the greatness of God, the greatness of Almighty God was coming in you. 
and filling you and then coming through you. I know when Julie led worship tonight, she must have felt it. She must have felt the greatness of God pouring through her being and coming out. And we are the ones that are blessed when the anointing flows through a vessel that has character and purity and love and has paid a price for the anointing that they carry. Amen. We may not realize many of us, but like Moses, we are being molded even from birth to carry an anointing for a special day. There's a day that the anointing will be manifest on you and it doesn't matter where you've come from, what your background was, who your parents were, God had planned for you from birth and from your mother's womb that you would be here in this day, in this hour, the most important hour in the history of the whole world to carry the last day's anointing and bring in the final harvest for Jesus Christ. You are honored. You have been chosen. Amen. The scriptures say many are chosen. Amen. Many are chosen, but few. Many are called, but few are chosen. But the right translation of that scripture is, Many are chosen, but few make themselves choosable. You see, there's a price. There's a price to pay. And it's this character that God wants to work inside you that Pastor Phil is talking about, that we might carry the anointing of God. The anointing will come on you for portions of time. The anointing is always in you. Holy Spirit is in us. But there's times where he comes upon you for a portion of time. And those times are the most unforgettable, most precious moments in your life. And the more that you prepare this vessel and press into the intimacy of God, the more you will have those times in God. In Jesus' name, amen. How I had wished that I had spent time in God before I came face to face with this precious woman so that I would have had the goods to deliver her in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a few things we need to know about the anointing. First of all, we must understand that the anointing is not some spiritual power that we get to use. Okay, It's not a new age thing where you tap into some power and you get to use it. It's not something that you have to work at to get. It's just something that you have to prepare yourself and it will land on you. The anointing is first and foremost not a thing. The anointing isn't a thing. The anointing is a person. The anointing is the precious and sacred third person of the Holy Trinity of God. It is the Holy Spirit working upon us, in us, and through us to touch a hurting and a dying world. To understand the Holy Spirit and to understand the anointing, we must first understand his nature. Amen? And three thing, there are things that grieve him. I'm going to quickly go through this because I'm out of time, but I really need to get this through if I can just have five minutes. 
The things that grieve the Holy Spirit of God are things like this. Greed, fear, manipulation, bitterness, exclusiveness, stinginess, gossip, a quitting spirit, unbelief, spiritual pride, and sin. The things that excite the Holy Spirit. Who wants to know about the things that excite the Holy Spirit? Amen. (laughs) The things that excite the Holy Spirit are faith, hunger, humility, boldness, kindness, honesty, generosity, loyalty, patience, worship, and obedience. God is on the hunt for the heart of mankind. He's on the hunt for the very spirit of creation that's inside of you. He's just not after a little pumping heart. He's after your spirit. He's after your heart. He's on the hunt for it. He's the only one who can fill the void within us. And aside from him, you will always feel like something is missing. And the things that you could have accomplished in this life will fall to the ground without the anointing. Amen. Can you imagine if you get to the end of your life and God plays a videotape of your whole life? And then he plays a videotape of what could have been if, if you had just set your heart aside to press into God, to press into the anointing, to touch God, to prepare your heart, to walk in good character so that you can carry his anointing. What could have happened? What can happen if one man, one woman decide, I want the anointing, I need the anointing, I need the presence of God, I want to walk with him, talk with him, I want to breathe with him, I want to touch him and I want to touch mankind with his anointing. What can we accomplish if we have the anointing? When Moses turned up to Pharaoh's court, he didn't come with arguments of men, but with demonstration and power, which finally forced Pharaoh to let God's people go. 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not of talk. It's not a matter of talk, but of power. 1 Corinthians 2.4, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. If I can have the musicians, if that's possible. We can't afford, listen to this very important statement. We can't afford to be clouds without rain in these last hour. Let me say that again. Listen to me. Listen. Don't worry about them moving. Listen to me. We can't afford to be clouds without rain in this last hour. We need to have the anointing. We need to have the power of God. And as Pastor Phil is preaching these sessions on character, please get them. Get the morning sessions. If you only come to night church, listen to them and let God develop something in you because we're not just throwing stuff out there because that seems a good thing to do. 
the season of God is upon us, that he would develop a church with character so that he can place his anointing on it so that then you would rise up in the anointing and go out and be deliverers to an oppressed mankind. Amen? Amen? We must seek God's touch in our lives like never before. We must prepare these vessels as vessels of honor, of character, for it is only through the anointing that we will see true revival come to this earth. Let's stand up in Jesus' name.